Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the AWS Podcast. Simon Alicia here in beautiful Melbourne, Australia. And this week, I'm joined by a guest. This is kind of a follow-up from a, an earlier podcast uh, I did with Dr. Matt Wood, all about AI and deep learning and other interesting stuff. I'm joined today by Julien Simon. That's my best French accent that I can do for my colleague. Um, he's a principal technical evangelist, and he's based in Paris, France. Welcome, Julien. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, yeah, you did pretty good with my name. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, we're continuing the fine tradition on the podcast of primarily having guests who have the, na- the word Simon in their name. So All right. um, <laughs> definitely tick that box very well. <laughs> so, so, Julian, you've, uh, you've come on uh, to this episode today to talk about a very p- specific topic, which is around um, Apache MXNet. And uh, you know, what it is, what you can do with it, how you could take advantage of it. It's a fascinating subject. Um, but you were t- saying to me briefly beforehand that uh, that you're a software developer at Harp. You kind of got into this world in a pretty heavy way in a, in a previous incarnation. Yeah. So so I'm I'm a software engineer, and you know I I moved on to to different things, and then worked in different companies across the year, and you know ended up being a CTO and VP engineering and so on. But you know software is is always close to my heart and uh, uh yeah a few years back i, I was working for uh, an ad tech company uh, that did really really well and um and obviously machine learning was an important part of uh, of the activity um and uh the the r&d team was fairly large and was split in different teams and one team was uh, the the machine learning team and, and those guys were bright and, and 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 you know really good at machine learning and and, and theory and, and etc and you know uh, sometimes we had pretty strong discussions on you know was was machine learning something that was only for experts or or could you know software engineers and what i call normal developers uh <laughs> you know and that's not a derogatory way of saying that just you know plain software engineers uh can these guys also you know understand it and contribute to it or is it like the the ivory tower for you know machine learning phds and you know no offense to 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 these people um and and you know there was some disagreements there and um my view here was sure you know we need experts we need we need the brightest guys possible to to build the algorithms and understand all the finer details of theory and etc and god knows that's complicated and uh, and i don't understand all the details but i think it's important for you know software engineers who work on the product and maintain the product to get you know a sense of what what this black box actually does and how does it work and how does it break and how do we fix it and how do we contribute to it and how does it fit into the the grander uh, you know uh, master plan and uh, so that's my uh, that's been my cause for a few years you know machine learning for for developers and now deep learning for developers and you know let's extend that to deep learning for the people. I mean, AI is going to, you know, to 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 disrupt and, and change a lot of things. It's going. I think it's going to have a massive impact on how we design products and how we build code and how we, we, you know, build smarter apps. So it shouldn't be the ivory tower. It should be. It should be an open house for uh, for developers and software engineers, and everybody should understand it and be able to contribute. Agree, and this is a, a regular transition with sort of specialist technologies that that move on out. So let's dive into it. Let's talk about Apache MXNet. Now, the the headline for Apache MXNet is it's a highly programmable, portable, and scalable open source deep learning framework. Uh, Julian, let's let's unpack that. <laughs> what sure. does that really mean? <laughs> yeah. 
So um, yeah, it's quite a mouthful to be honest. And um, so let, let's let's try to be you know as simple and, and pragmatic as possible. So um, so first of all, it's uh, so it's an open source project. That's really really super important because you know uh, proprietary tools you know can be useful. But when it comes to when it comes to machine learning and deep learning, there's a research community and, and the developer community out there, and everybody, you know, it's a fast-moving field. Everybody wants to contribute and improve. So, um, so it's open source. You can find the, the sources on GitHub. It was started uh, in uh, in a couple of universities. Uh, you know, I think it's uh, Carnegie Mellon and. And I believe the University of Washington. I might be wrong on that one. Uh, and um, and basically, what it does is that uh, it allows you with a, a high level API uh, to build and train uh, neural networks. Um, and when I say high level API, I mean uh, it doesn't take a lot of code. I mean, I've got some examples. Um, uh, that I that I published on on, the, on my blog and, and hopefully we can share that link later on. Um, and literally in maybe fifty lines of code, uh, you know, I use Python, but you could use you know other languages like R or, or C or even MATLAB and, and a few more. In let's say fifty lines of code, you can build and train a, a neural network, which is uh, you know which is crazy. I mean, you know, when I was a younger engineer, neural networks were the stuff of science fiction, to be honest, and um, and uh, I, you know we never thought we'd be able to do that with you know that little code really. So you can just mm-hmm. grab those sources from GitHub, um, uh, look at some of the examples, uh, you know, 40, 50 lines of code, um, run that model on your um, on your uh, own machine, your own laptop. You know, it doesn't you don't you don't need to have a GPU. Uh, uh, in your in your machine, uh, so you can run that locally on uh, on your laptop. It, it it's also available as a Docker container if you like that, and and just you know train that model for a little while, and then you get to use it. So um, so these well, are the so really let's, let's you know, talk about yeah. that. Let's let's talk about that briefly. So so you know we, we can talk about you know neural networks and deep learning etc. But maybe let's talk about it from the perspective of. What would people use it for? Like, sure. what would you use, uh, or what what problem domains can you apply a neural network to with sure. some benefit? So, neural networks, you know, they've been around for decades, literally. I mean, they, they originate uh, they originated in the fifties, and uh, and the first actual use of of neural networks in the fifties was image recognition, right? Uh, with the the, the perceptron uh, system, which was built for the U.S. Navy to try to you know to to recognize recognize images. So early on, you know, it was it was a lot of problems revolved around image recognition. So um, and today, those those networks and their uh, you know their famous evolution called CNNs, convolutional neural networks, they got really really good at detecting images, understanding um, what what objects are are in the in the image, um, detecting human faces, etc. Uh, etc. Et and you know you can find some of that in the uh, in the the Amazon recognition service that we released. Um, that's uh, you know that's a managed service that does that. It's obviously based on deep learning, and and you know you could build similar applications with MXNet. So image you know image detection and and face detection is a, is a, a popular use case. Uh, you can do um, you can do speech uh, processing, you know, speech recognition. 
you know, different companies are are, are doing that. Um, you know, Baidu, for example, the, the Chinese company uh, is is using uh, is using deep learning to do um, uh, uh, speech to text uh, and uh, and text to speech now uh, using ch- the Chinese language, which I suppose is pretty complicated to to process. Uh, and uh, you could do, you know, you could. Pretty much, you can throw any kind of data at a neural network. It could be images, it could be videos, it could be speech, uh, it could be text, and uh, and that's the magic of neural networks. Is that um, there's this universal approximation theorem uh, that says that uh, if the network is large enough, and and you know if you, you throw enough data at it and you leave it enough time, it's gonna learn it perfectly you know and in technical terms it means you will get to uh, to a training accuracy of one right which means the network is perfectly able to learn your data set that it's it's magic right compared to machine learning where you have to tweak the features extract the features you know understand what the features are in your data set neural networks just throw data at them and you know leave leave them enough time and they will learn, right? So it's it's, it's really almost, magic. It's almost a, a brute. It's like a brute force approach, really, that we're 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 throwing at it. And we've entered an age where, thanks to research into things like uh, GPUs, thanks to our gaming friends, um, we suddenly have access to a huge amount of cost-effective compute that's perfectly suited to uh, neural network type processing. Yep, absolutely. Um, maybe uh, let's I, talk about let's talk about how the hardware fits into the software. Sure. Absolutely, it's it's uh, you're absolutely right on that one. It's um, actually that's the big revolution that took place. Let's say you know five five plus years ago, is that you know um, neural networks were interesting, but you know it was like a lab thing. It's okay, nice, but what can we do with it? Hmm, okay, not so much. And then you know bigger data sets became available because everything we do today just generates data. You know we're generating data right now, lots of them. And uh, and uh, and so data is everywhere. Public data sets are everywhere. And actually, AWS is hosting some data sets in S3. Uh, there's this nice public data set page where you can find pretty large data sets to work with. And so they're they're available. They're free. And compute is is uh, massively available thanks to GPUs, like you said. And uh, I'm glad we found some better use <laughs> than gaming for those those <laughs> compute monsters. I don't know. I'd, 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 I'd argue. Yeah, <laughs> I'd well, argue okay. I, I mean, it's, gaming <laughs> is fine, but, you know, we need to, you know, it's a shame just to, you know, play those 3D games. Just use it for that. Yeah, just use them for that is, is a shame, I think. Uh, anyway. Exactly. And so they're, they're massively available. And then researchers discovered that um, all, all the training phase, um, uh, all the training steps for neural networks could be um, easily, quote unquote, uh, parallelized on GPUs, and that opened a new world of possibilities because the the, the you know the, the availability of uh, huge data sets and uh, relatively cheap, massive compute literally you know lit the flame uh, under the uh, under deep learning, and um, and today uh, it, it's you know thanks to cloud technology and AWS, you're, you're able to grab some storage and some, um, some GPU instances. So we have different families, uh, the G2s and the P2s, which are, you know, massive. And, uh, and you put the two together and, and you use them for a few hours or a few days, if, if need be, to train your, your large model. 
and then you release them, right? So it, it's it's always the same story, you know, pay as you go, scale as high as you need to, but just pay for what you need. And then when you're, you're done, just save your results uh, and uh, and release everything and stop paying. You know, it's um, I see some people building costly GPU farms and 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 they're not using them full time. Obviously, it's the same story as you know Hadoop all over again. So it's yeah. it's yeah. big big money. You really and, need to train. You, know, yeah. you need that processing power when you're training. The model, but once the model itself is uh, operating. Um, it actually doesn't need to to operate that much. Yeah, it's uh, that's uh, that's the the other beauty of it is that yes, sure, you do need the heavy uh, heavy compute capabilities to train. Sometimes it trains for days, but then when you're done, you can save the network. You can save the weights, uh, you know that that the network learned and 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 trained for, and and you can take that file. And for MXNet, you know, it's depending on the network size, it's going to be you know. Uh, maybe 50 megs or 100 megs or, you know, a few hundred megs at most for the most complex networks. So it's not that huge. And, and you can just load that model in, in memory in your application. Uh, and that's, I believe it's one line of code in MXNet. <laughs> you know, there's this load API and you just load it. Uh, load checkpoint, actually, it's called. And um, a- and you can use it. And um, I've got this cool demo where I do, I, I actually use um, a deep learning model on the Raspberry Pi, and uh, and uh, yeah. it's yeah. So just load the model, and the Raspberry Pis are are tiny machines. I mean, I think mine has just one gig of uh, of RAM, so it's not big. And so just load the model, take pictures with the Pi camera, and let the Pi predict what the image is using uh, the MXNet, you know, the local MXNet model. So the local it's model, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's local AI on a Pi. And uh, and of course, you know, you could do the same thing with, uh, you know, recognition for for cl- if you have cloud connectivity. But you know, we, we cannot expect that all those robots and all those devices will have permanent network connectivity. So you know, uh, local AI, local inference uh, is is really important because sometimes those, those systems will not sometimes be connected, and they sh- still should be smart. Exactly, exactly. And what I, what I might do just just uh, at the moment is um, is briefly talk about you know the I mentioned the P two instance. I just right. want to um, share with our listeners what what you get. Um, so so P two instances give you sixteen Nvidia K eighty GPUs, sixty four vCPUs, and up to seven hundred thirty two gigabytes of RAM. Um, plus, you also get one hundred ninety seven gig of GPU memory. Yeah, that's forty thousand parallel processing cores. It's a lot. Seventy teraflops of single precision floating point performance, and over twenty three teraflops of double precision floating point performance. Um, so basically, is you got like crazy levels of horsepower yeah, that sure. you can have by the hour to train your models, which is which is really what gives the grunt, if you like, underlying the software to make the learning model happen in a timely fashion. Yes, and uh, I mean, imagine even five or ten years ago, uh, this was supercomputer stuff. I mean, you know, we would read about those performance levels in the press, and we were like, "Wow, man, I wish I had that." Well, now you can have it. You can start it in minutes. You can pay, you know, for a few dollars per hour to to use that. And if you have a large, a very large use case, you can actually use multiple instances because another very nice feature of MXNet is how it scales. Uh, and um, and it's nice to be to run very fast on one GPU. But what if you need you know four, eight, sixteen, one twenty eight because you're you know you're doing speech processing, and it takes days to train, etc. 
So uh, MXNet scales almost linearly, right? It's really, really close to ideal uh, scaling. And, uh, you know, I, I did some testing up to uh, 128 GPUs. So that's, you know, that's a lot of P2s, right? And, uh, and yes, my, my training times did, um, you know, did scale linearly. And, and setting up distributed training is, is very easy. Uh, you can just go and in the MXNet sources, of course, there are, you know, plenty of examples of, you know, neural networks, etc. But there are some tools as well. And there's one such tool for distributed training where literally you just give the list of IPs for your uh, for your uh, G2 or P2 instances and you allow SSH connectivity to those instances. And and that, that tool will split uh, the the data set between the different uh, between the different instances, and obviously each instance itself is going to split it across the multiple GPUs. So you know, th- again, that's what I like about MXNet. It's uh, I think it's quite developer friendly. Um, it, it, it you know it's trying to hide a lot of complexity of the of, for the APIs and, and for the tooling, and and just you know it get you can get started uh, real quick. Uh, you don't have to understand all the finer well, let's, details let's... of networks. It's it's really yeah. helpful. So- so maybe let's let's talk about that. How 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 could listeners get started? What's what's the easiest entry point for someone who's interested in this this new domain and want to get their hands on Apache MXNet and, and give it a go? So what I would recommend. So uh, if you're you know if you're um, uh, if you don't want to use an AWS instance, um, that's perfectly fine. I would recommend that you use the Docker image. Uh, for MXNet because it comes, you know, uh, pre uh, pre built, pre installed, etc., uh, and and you can literally just download the image and get started, um, uh, and and train, etc., locally on your on your machine on your laptop. Uh, if your uh, if your use case um, requires more processing power, or let's face it, if you just want to play with GPUs like most of us, <laughs> uh, you know, just just fire up fire up a GPU instance. Uh, you can start with the G2s. The smaller G2 is is really you know cost effective, um, and 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 what you want to use is we have this deep learning AMI, uh, so Amazon Machine Image. Actually, there was a new version yesterday um, that's uh, you know being maintained by AWS. And the nice thing about the deep learning AMI is that it comes with all the uh, all the tools pre-installed, so all the all the Nvidia stuff for the GPUs, all the CUDA drivers, and you know, God knows they can be tricky to set up. Uh, all the <laughs> uh, all the uh, deep learning libraries, so you you get Apache MXNet, but you get the other ones, right? I mean, you get TensorFlow and and Theano, and and you get the Anaconda distribution for you know data science, etc. So it's all in there. So just fire up that AMI on a G2 or a P2 instance, and and you're ready to go. And you can just, you know, from again, I use Python, so I just launch Python and I start writing my MXNet code. So you know, I I I absolutely guarantee if you do that, you, you know, you can get to work in minutes, right? And there's no setup, no fuss, no and that's the nice thing. Drama. It, is, it is familiar. Yeah, you know. and uh, and and just you know, yeah, just it, it is experiment. it is very familiar in terms of the. Uh, the- yeah, it's it's very familiar in terms of the languages that are there. So I mean, uh, you know, out of the box, you got support for C JavaScript, Python, R, MATLAB, Julia, Scala, and Go. Yeah. So um, yeah, so uh, I'm sure know, most of our listeners will have maybe one, at least one of those in their uh, in their yeah. back pocket. Sure. So for you know, for I would say 
um, experimentation and exploration, you know, R and Python are probably going to be popular. And and then if you need to move to, uh, you know, you want to integrate uh, in your apps, uh, you know, the, the models, then probably, you know, Java and C++ are going to be, you know, are going to be your options. So that's that's another nice thing about MXNet is the, the wide uh, language support. Uh, compared to you know compared to other frameworks which you know are not as extensive and also last week um, uh, we uh, well actually the the keras Absolutely. project no, it really does bring a, a, yeah. a huge amount of value yeah the keras project which is a, a, a very very nice uh, high level uh, uh, open source library for for deep learning um, so I suggest you check it out. K A K E R A S, uh, Keras, um, just announced uh, beta support for MXNet. So that means now you could use the Keras uh, high-level API and select MXNet as the backend for for uh, training. So as you can see, you know there are many tools, and uh, and we try to make them easily available on the deep learning AMI, and we try to give you. Um, you know, uh, 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 very cost-effective compute options. So you can you can run it locally. That's fine. And when you need more, you know, oomph, <laughs> just go to GPUs. <laughs> and if you need a lot of oomph, then you can actually fire up many uh, P2s and watch MXNet scale and 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 implement distributed training in in just a few lines of code. So you know, again, it's developer friendly. Uh, you can start small on your development machine, and and you can learn that high-level API in your favorite language, and, and and just basically learn what that deep learning thing does and how you can use it in your app, how you can use it to solve very difficult business problems, and then you know as you go, you can s- s- slowly move that into production on 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 powerful instances, maybe with different languages, because if you have a Java app or a C plus plus app, that's probably what you want to use. But you know, there's no, uh, you know, it it should be a fairly smooth road uh, as far as as far as I'm concerned. Fantastic. And uh, what we'll do is we'll link in the show notes to the uh, MXNet page on uh, aws.amazon.com, which does have some some getting started guides, some links to the AMIs, right. etc. Um, there is also the MXNet Model Zoo. <laughs> I love that name. Oh, um, yes. With some uh, example <laughs> models uh, that you can yeah. use, which is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, the Model Zoo is very cool. Thanks for so that. So that's it up. definitely one to, to, to take advantage of as well. And, um, uh, and what we might do, yeah. Julian, is ha- have you back a, another time to talk to us in some depth about some specific customer examples because uh, this is one of those growing areas that we definitely want to revisit. But um, thank you so much for spending some time with us on the podcast today. Well, thanks for having me. And, uh, and you know, hopefully, you know, this will uh, this will uh, encourage you know the normal people like me, <laughs> the normal software <laughs> engineers you know to 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 go and check it out you know do not be intimidated uh, you do not need a machine learning or a deep learning PhD to understand this uh, you know uh, just go and try it and and do not be afraid look at the examples you can do this right and and you can you can be part of that AI. Uh, revolution and, and you know make your app smarter and have fun building building crazy apps and please let us know right <laughs> please send us tweets and share you know whatever you're building we're really really happy to to see you know what what you're succeeding with so thanks again for having me and and you know hopefully i'll be back <laughs>
Absolutely. Thanks, Julian. And, uh, and definitely, yeah, we'd love to see what you build. And as ever, we love to get your feedback about the podcast, podcast at amazon.com. And as always, and now with your deep learning capability, keep on building.